Hi, today I'm interviewing Marcus Leonard. Marcus is well known in the tattoo industry for his Biomax. He created a new way of doing Biomax and is inspiring artists all around the world from about 10 years. I met him about 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago, online with a piece that everybody knows as the wing. I was impressed by his work. So I started following him on uh, social media and uh, on uh, his website. And finally, I decided to get tattooed by him. Now I have uh, a, a full sleeve and uh, we're working on my leg and soon we'll connect them through my chest. So let's get straight to the interview. Questa com'era. Uh, quick in introduction of you and yeah. then I will start with the question. I'm pretty sure everybody in the industry knows you really well, but how would you introduce yourself to someone who knows nothing about tattoos? Well, you know, that's, <laughs> it happens sometimes, you know, when you talk to a new neighbor or when you talk to people that have nothing to do with the industry, you go to some kind of party or something. And you know what, people are normally really overwhelmed with like, like people are normally like if they have nothing to do with tattoos, that's already like knowing that I'm a tattoo artist and that people come from me from like travel for me, that's already a stretch. They can't even imagine like why would anybody travel for a tattoo anyways, you know, and to have <laughs> to put into one conversation to somebody who doesn't tattoo at all to, ta to put into one conversation how tattooing can be so important to somebody that they would travel for something and that a tattoo can be that that we can get so much tattooing done in in like a couple of days and that anybody would even want that that already blows their mind and if i it's like normally i don't even start talking about biomac or showing anybody my work at that point because people are already like their eyes are glazed over and they're not even really listening at that point anymore <laughs> you know because they're just like they're, they're learning so many things that they didn't know and you know they're so like people they, like they must think like holy shit there's people in the world that are way crazier than i th ever thought was possible so if i then would go on to talk about oh and by the way i'm doing this really super abstract thing this biomax stuff that you know people can't even tell what it is when they look at it and here's look at my work and they're just like what the fuck is it and i'm like i don't know what do you think is it you know and I think that it's just like, that's too much, man. I think it's just too much in one session. You have to, I have to, I have to build a relationship with somebody first before I can tell them that shit about myself. Uh, because otherwise they're just going to never talk to me again. <laughs> you know, that it's, it's happened, you know, that people are just like, who the fuck does he think he is? You know, it's like, he's like this fucking alien. Which I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not an alien. But for somebody who's never thought about tattooing, even, you know, being this kind of super niche biomag artist that, you know, only does biomag and only does this, these big projects on people who travel from all over the world, that seems really out there. And people are just not ready for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that reminds me a uh, question that I wanted to leave for later. Uh, Tattoos are considered uh, 
microsurgery. In my opinion, it's not really microsurgery. Just look at my leg or my arm. It, right. it, it's like plastic surgery at yeah. some point. So uh, do you think that people just don't get it? How important can, can be for a person to get a tattoo? I don't know. Or just because they are, they think that tattoos are some little things you, you get like a sticker on your skin and so yeah. they, they don't really... I don't know. I, that. Is there more question coming? Because I have a good answer for that. I think if... I don't think it's necessary for everybody to be on the same on the same page about anything, right? So some people, they want just a small used car that can look like shit and that they're only going to have for a year. Some people are totally fine with only owning elderly cars and just having like every car that they ever have is just the, the, they're the last owner of that car, right? And after they had it, it goes to the dump. And that's what they do their whole life. They don't care about cars. They just care to, you know, to be traveling to, from mm -hmm. one spot to another. And they just don't want to spend a lot of money on a nice car. So they're just going through a lot of cars. And then you have people who, you know, who, you know, save up for years and years and years. And then they buy the car of their dreams. And then they constantly like wax it and polish it and take photos of it and drive it around and drive through tunnels really loud, you know, and all that, you know, and they're super into it. And it's like, oh, I got a fucking car, bitch, you know, and people are different. And cars are just cars to some people. And for some people, it's a love affair. And I think the same is true for everything, for absolutely everything. Also you know? for your own body? Of course. Oh. Yeah, of course. Some people use makeup and some people diet and some people are in super into sports and workout. And some people have this micro diet where they just, you know, or some people are religious about their body, you know, and they, they pluck their eyebrows and everything has to be perfectly manicured. And they're always wearing cologne and, you know, everything is shaved and... You know? And of course, people have like different different views on that. And for some people, they just let themselves go and they just want to live life, life and they smoke and they drink and they get fat, you know, and whatever. And it's a cultural they thing. They fuck everybody without a condom. Do you, you know? think it's a cultural no, thing? No, I don't think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a very personal thing. It's about it's a thing. It's a it's a thing of character. It's probably there's some genetics in there. There's some. There's some ways in how you've been raised by your parents and there's probably a cultural aspect in there, but I don't think it's it's the biggest aspect and I don't Be think even, even gender is the biggest mm -hmm. aspect. Because I was thinking about cultures where tattoos are sacred, are part of a process and yeah. uh, so that's why I ask uh, if you think it's cultural, is this, uh, this way of treating our own body like a commodity. Yeah, I don't mm. think... Our, our, in our culture, like Western culture, tattooing is anything that has anything to do with tradition at this point. Not yet, maybe in a, in a hundred years or something from now. But it's not, we don't have this ancient tradition of getting tattooed. We have an ancient tradition to, to want things. That's white people, right? We just want things. That's a, that's a real, if you want to yeah. get cultural, 
right? Then there you go. That's our tradition. We want things. We want people. We want other countries. We want many things. We want to accumulate riches, you know? Like, look at the Vikings, you know? It's like, people don't get more white than the Vikings. And what did they do? They just raped and pillaged and went everywhere and just wanted things. And they were ready to kill people for it, right? And um, so it doesn't surprise me at all that people treat tattoos the same way. We just don't have any other mechanism like bred into a culturally that then to you know to just want more things and if we see something somebody else has then we want that same thing too and we don't have the mechanism for tattoos that allows us to see that as anything different that is out for us for our body that has to be unique that you know so no it doesn't surprise me that most people treat a tattoo just like anything else that they acquire or buy where what what else is special nowadays what else is so special that you have to appreciate it as something else other than having a child maybe but even that people sometimes treat like fuck i'm just gonna have a child now yeah you know so i don't know it's a white people thing maybe maybe i don't know <laughs> i don't know maybe we are in in a period in which i i call well not just me the, a sort of renaissance of the ta Western tattoo culture. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I and think... do you think that this kind of, let's call it renaissance of tattoos, of tattoo culture, yeah. will bring some something good, something oh, more? Yeah. I mean, just what we just talked about, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's just, why I asked exa this. Exactly just what we just talked about. I think tattooing can be a way to help people appreciate special moments like special things you know getting something for yourself getting something that is only for you something that is unique uniqueness and um i think especially in a time where we're just bombarded with social media and bombarded with the fact that we are only like one blip one like in a million likes sometimes you know and that we are not that special and that we are not that unique that everybody kind of has the same wants and feelings and you know and uh that we are kind of insignificant. We've never been as confronted with our insignificance on a, on, a, on a wide scale level as we are now through social media. And I think we're still in shock because we just have been attacked by social media just for the last 10 years as a species, um, or maybe a little more than 10 years, but you know, for not for a very long time, not even for a generation yet. Maybe a little less, I think. Yeah, I mean, for you and me maybe, but my kid grew up with it. Oh yeah. She sure. doesn't know yes. anything else, you know, so they're going to grow up vastly different than we do. So I think for them to get a certain sense of uniqueness, a certain sense of, of, of being unique, of having something that nobody else has, you know, that's something that makes you you over the fact that you might have a, a really well manicured mustache or you, that you that you have uh, rainbow colored hair or that you can take really good selfies of yourself and oh you're so confident look at how confident you are like all these things don't really matter in the long run and i think that tattoos can be especially when you pursue it in a in a way that i can certainly uh, respect um, if you if you think about it, if you think it out, if you travel for it, if you're willing to make sacrifices for it, if you're willing to 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 sacrifice large amounts of your body for a tattoo, uh, 
that's something that I can really respect in the sense of, yeah, not only have you really thought about this, but you're able to make sacrifices. You don't want to cherry pick the processes like, ah, I want to get a tattoo, but I only want to like sacrifice so much space. And then you end up as a whole sticker collection. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's, in, and then once you're done, you, you really think about getting a lot of stuff lasered and getting something that is more cohesive, which, you know, that happens, doesn't have to, but, you know, I really enjoy it when people make these big decisions in their life. And I think that's something that's probably good for the character of a person that never really has to make these decisions in a society where everything is just from one second to the other. Yeah, I think tattooing is, is good for us as a species. Wow, that got profound, really. Yeah, that's the same thing that, that I think. And, uh, well, I had some... Uh, softer questions oh, <laughs> before that that was good maybe for later but anyway it was good we went into that <laughs> easily so the another question I have since the wing uh, the wing the famous piece you you did about what it was eight years ago uh, my perception of that is like what 10 years ago. 10 years yeah after I saw the wing, uh, the impression I had uh, is that you became a sort of uh, world phenomenon with Oof. that with that uh, with that tattoo. This is just uh, the impression I had yeah. from outside, and uh, that's when I started following you on uh, on social media and yeah. appreciate your art and decided to get tattoo. Uh, how that affected you in a as a human and as an artist. And it was uh, something expected, something that happened by chance and totally unexpected. Totally How? unexpected. Totally unexpected. So that there yeah. was... Uh... Well, let me let me attack those, those questions piece by piece. So yeah. like, did that happen unexpectedly? Yeah, totally. I, I was super depressed when that happened. I was super depressed and I was actually thinking about stopping tattooing or stopping to or pursue biomac because i was really i was ready to stop doing biomac i wasn't ready to stop tattooing but i was ready to to just do tattooing as a job and not something that i love and something that is made for me and that i am made for you know which i believed at some point and then i realized how hard it is you know and how derivative it is and how everybody just steals from everybody and how i am doing that too and then I stopped doing Biomech for a while. And I think that piece and a couple of other pieces, um, something happened, you know, and uh, something happened. And uh, yeah, but it was a gradual process. You know, I didn't it didn't just happen and from one day to the other. I was like, holy shit, I'm super successful now. Um, I think being successful in, in what I did came before that already, uh, like gradually mostly because i i've had influential friends you know i had friends that that liked me and that liked my work and that that wanted to help me along and um like guy for example guy Acheson is probably one of the people who have without him i would have never even like i might have done the wing sleeve without him although i doubt it uh, uh but nobody would have seen it right because he, he always made sure that i get attention because he saw something in me. So I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that, but it's also that wing sleeve 
came from pain, you know, that, that came from panic, that came from me just really, really struggling. And um, I was struggling so hard that I just started to panic and I lost myself a little bit and all of a sudden something came out that I didn't even thought I had in me. And that was a good moment, you know, and sometimes it just... I, and since then I haven't really plateaued out, since then I know what to look for. When I, when I get bored with myself, I, I have to push myself to, to an edge and then I have to relax and sit back and see what happens, you know. It's like, um, it's like a little bit of a balancing act and sometimes you get to surprise yourself. But I don't, yeah, I don't really see it as me becoming some kind of phenomenon or anything like that. I didn't really experience it in that way. I, it definitely helped my career. That piece definitely did something and it showed me how to do something right. <laughs> it definitely showed me that, hey, I, there is something that I can do that I really like doing that everybody else also likes. So, and then my whole process just turned into finding out what that is. You know, what's the recipe? What did I do? Because I did it in panic, so I didn't know what I did. <laughs> I, had no, I had no fucking idea what I just did there that, that made it so important. So I started picking apart, like, okay, was it the use of black? Was it the thick lines? Was it the contrast? Was it the flow? What was it? What is it? Was it that people can... Because I didn't call it a wing. So you went back analyzing yeah, yeah, your I, I, I went back analyzing. I still work. do. I still, I still analyze every piece that I do that gets, a lot of, that gets a lot of attention because I want to know what makes people tick. And I think with a wing, I didn't give it that name. People gave it the name, oh, it looks like a wing. And I just adopted it. Um, and from there on out, I started giving my pieces names because I thought, oh, maybe that was something that right? people needed some kind of narrative because it is so abstract, right? The stuff that I do is super abstract. And I think what they enjoyed is like, oh, but it looks kind of like a wing. And they had this little winning moment where they was like, oh, I think I know what he means. <laughs> you know, I think I know, I think I know he's, what he's trying to say is a, it's, a, it's a wing. He's, a, he's retarded, but I can understand him, <laughs> you know? I can understand the retarded person. That's awesome. I have a superpower, you know? So it gives the people like a certain feeling of like they, they found something out, you know? It's like this winning moment. And uh, I think that's what cements it maybe in, in their memory a little bit. So Do you think it was a sort of golden seed? It may be. Yeah, I think, I think for me it probably was, yeah. But it didn't come from a good place. And, you know, my experience has been that most of the times when something good happens, it happens when something really bad is also happening. Yeah, you I know. was just talking with a friend yesterday about that. He's struggling in his life for uh, many reasons. And uh, I was just telling him the same thing that you're telling me right now, that usually golden seed, you, you find golden seed when, uh, when you're struggling with something in right. your life. So probably... Yeah, because that's when you're looking. Yeah. That's when you're looking under every stone and you turn every stone around, you know, and under some stone there's going to be something else but worms and shit, you know. Sometimes you'll find something of value, but you know, if you're if you're super broke, you're going to look on the street if you find a coin somewhere, right? You never look for coins if you if you're full of money, if you're if you're doing well, you never you you throw a coin away every now and then. It's like, "Ah, what should I do with all that copper?" Right? Copper coins, meh. But if you don't have a copper coin even, you're looking for that shit everywhere. And yeah. that's when you find it. You, you know, and to expect that things just fly into your hands when you don't even need them that hard, 
that's that's kind of a tall order i think that's that's really that's really an arrogant uh, thing to ask of of the universe kind of right i mean you have to struggle and you have to be in a bad place people who are given everything without that struggle are most of the times real real assholes i agree because they don't have a value system right so that's why you put don't put rich people in, in power <laughs> that's why you don't do that you you put people in power that work for that power right that that come to that place because they worked really hard for it and they know what they're talking about i mean not to talk about current events or anything um but yeah people should people you know i think an appreciation for what you're doing is always coming from struggle and not even art some people nowadays they put themselves through some kind of artificial struggle you know i've noticed that with younger people that they put themselves through a struggle artificially where they're like oh yeah i'm making it really hard on myself i'm making it really extra hard on myself yeah but that's really still coming from yourself that's you're still calling the shots you're still calling the rules like when i was growing up um i come from a really good household you know we had money i had everything i ever needed i never had a reason to complain um but of course i did because i was a terrible teenager and i became i, I became a, a punk you know and i was just like riding trains and drinking beer and and you know living in squatted places and, and and you know and not wanting any of the money and not wanting to do anything to do with the establishment so just to make it really hard on myself i think like retrospectively making it really hard on myself to to turn into a grown up you know or to know who i am or i didn't want it to be easy and some people make it really hard on themselves and i think that's i still was calling the shots i could still say like oh i'm not a punker anymore i'm going to like start working and earn money which is eventually what i did so you're still kind of in that safe environment um so that's definitely a way to do it but i think if you're really struggling once you once you stop calling the shots once you once you think you're doing something well and it turns out that you don't or once you think you can do something and it turns out that you can't um and you have to that's when there's a real opportunity for growth when there is that like that darwinistic pressure on you and then it it's going to come out you know will you survive or will you not do you have to find something else to do and for me doing that wing sleeve that was definitely that moment of okay am i just going to do like tattoos like trinket tattoos in the street trip for the rest of my life still better than working construction yeah you know still earn more money still you know still a great life like who am i to fucking complain about that i would have done it i still would do that if this is not working out anymore i'm still going back to that fuck it i'm not too good for that um but and um, you know as long as i don't have to and about the heart the um, uh the design of that wing did you it happened just by chance you were just improvising or yeah. there was some research well behind? no there was no research behind it there i had a phase of drawing no biomech whatsoever so i took a break from it and that's one thing that probably was really good where you don't just try doing something but you step take a step back and you only think about it i think that's always a great thing to do to in internalize whatever you learned 
to give yourself like some time for that to percolate or to germinate or to 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 ferment or whatever you want to call it and uh but that was definitely good but i was drawing a lot of um japanese based like new school japanese tattooing uh, I was doing a lot of that and um, just learning how to draw water, learning how to draw scales on a dragon or a dragon claw or a dragon face, and learning how to draw all these things. Um, that informed a lot of things that I wouldn't have learned any other way. So also, you know, just I had to change my taste. You know, I only liked biomech. I didn't so like. So you didn't have um, educational no. training. No, I didn't. You're just self-taught. Totally. Yeah, I'm completely self-taught. Yeah, and. You know, so I had to make all the mistakes. And for me personally, mistakes are the best way of learning because I'm super arrogant. <laughs> you know, like as long as I know something, I know I think I know everything. And then only if I walk into a cul-de-sac, then that's when I learn, okay, I have to turn around and, you know. And obviously as I get older, I get a little bit more humble because, you know, you experience a lot more often how you're wrong, so. If and you stay be... arrogant, then you're just dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't think I'm dumb, um, no, I don't but I'm not so. as arrogant anymore, for sure. So it's easier now. And how do you feel now that worldwide so many people are trying to imitate your your work? I just say like, watch out, because if you do anything that I think is really, really good, I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> you know, that's really easy. If you if you're stealing stuff from me and you learn things that I'm not that I haven't learned from it, I'm gonna take that. That's just no. I, I, it's I just was, fair uh, game. It's just fair game. I was not talking about uh, people that are trying to copy your stuff. Oh right. But okay. people that uh, even look at you as a, an inspirational artist and they just want to create their own. Uh, well, fine. Their that's, own way of doing things, but you can you can see they are using you as their model oh, i have good days and bad days with that obviously when i'm struggling with my own art you know i i, I look down on it and i'm like fuck man i'm having a really hard time can i have one thing for a while you know that makes that makes me special can i have just one thing and no of course i can't you know i put that stuff up on the internet what am i what do i expect no with that being said you know the, the answer still stands you know if they are obviously inspired by what I do that's very flattering but if it turns out that they end up doing something that I find very inspiring then I'll I'm not above going going and being like oh I'm just I'm going to incorporate that into my work too and you know I'm obviously that can homogenize the whole playing field um, which is bad but in the end of the day, we all learn how to write. Sean Barber said this to me once. We all learn how to write with the same letters. And everybody has a handwriting in the end. And nobody was working on his handwriting. They all learned how to write. Everybody wanted to write a story. And they wanted to write something down, like a shopping list or anything. And then in the end of the day, all of a sudden they had handwriting. And nobody was worrying about that. And we in tattooing are so consumed by finding our own style, we forget how to learn how to write. You know, we are not concerned with a story anymore. And that's dumb. That's really dumb. Because you'll never learn how to have a handwriting if you don't have a good story to write first. Mm -hmm. 
because your handwriting is never going to look like your handwriting if you're too concerned with it. It's like it's like trying to fake somebody's signature, right? You'll never get it right, but your own signature always looks like your signature, unless well, unless school, you're thinking too much about it. When if I was you, in school, I became pretty good imitating the yeah. So the, the, the sign so of my parents. I became pretty good, but your own <laughs> signature. Oh, yeah. What about your own signature? You know, yeah, what's my own signature is crap. <laughs> yeah. See, because you're thinking too much about it. There's too much. There's there's too much. As an artist, we want our signature to look good under our paintings. So of course you fuss over that. You know, you you you're very concerned with your signature looking good, and that makes it look crap because it makes it look unnatural. You just you, the the thing that you have to do is you have to sign a million things. You have to make a hundred paintings and sign a million things. Or you have to really practice your signature and fill a whole book with just signatures. And then in the end of the book, if you don't have a signature, you're dyslectic. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a method you follow uh, for your work or you work just by instinct? And if you have, I don't know, if you follow a method, rules or whatever to create your works, if you have something like that, would you like to share it? Sure, I share it all the time. I give seminars. Um, you know, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I believe that even if I would share with you my method, it wouldn't be any, it's worthless to anybody else, right? And it's worthless to me after a while because I'm, I get bored really easily, right? So I have a method. And I do that maybe for two, three years or something, and then I get bored by it and I want to change it. Because that boredom, like not being bored, that's my method. It's part of being an artist. Yeah, I, I just much. can't be bored. You know, as soon as I'm bored, I want to stop doing whatever I'm doing. And I don't want to stop doing this because this is my livelihood. And I have responsibilities and I can't be, I can't be homeless. So I have to do this, so I have to keep it interesting. So I change my method all the time. Um, but I changed my method. I have a goal, you know, at the, in the end of the horizon, I have a vanishing point that I'm walking towards. I'm not walking backwards. So I need my quality to get better. I need to be able to get where I want to go faster because I'm going to die at some point, right? So I, I want to get there faster. I want to get better at what I'm doing. I want to produce better quality and I don't want to be boring. And I'm also, of course, you know, getting to a point like I'm doing this for almost 15 years now. So I'm, I'm starting to reach a point where I'm starting to get afraid of to, to lose my significance, you know, to, to become irrelevant. And obviously, so I need like, if I can manage to not become boring, you know, maybe I can stay relevant for longer. You know, not to say that I don't want to, like, go down with grace, but, you know, not yet. Yeah, I understand. So I have another question that, well, you answered before about that. I think that tattoos should be subject of study in elementary school now, because nowadays people get tattoos without even thinking or knowing what they're doing. Mm. Uh, you basically already answered this question before, but any other thoughts? Yeah, um, maybe. Um, I think there's a lot of things that need to be taught in school because parents just don't teach their children that kind of stuff. And it's tattooing is maybe on that list, but it's not on top of that list. 
Yeah, I agree. Right, and um, before we before we attack tattooing, maybe we should attack how to, you know, how to be how to be sufficient in a home, how to do your taxes, how to how to be how to be how to find fulfillment, how to deal. Oh fuck, how to deal with social media. How to deal with uh, how to deal with the internet? How to find truth? How to filter the bullshit that is that you're prevented with? How to, you know, what are conspiracy theories? Why is the world not flat? Uh, um, <laughs> oh my God! You know the list goes on and on. You know how to not be angry? How to deal with anger? How to deal with heartbreak? Why? How to deal with sex? What's a healthy sexual? Uh, what's what's healthy there? You know, there's so many things that I want to teach kids now, because yeah, they're totally agree. you know. But tattooing is something that is that's pretty safe. You know, if you get a bad tattoo, either you recognize that and you get it covered or lasered, or you just live with it, and that's going to be good for character. You know, get a bad tattoo; it's better for character than to, to get an amazing tattoo from the first day on. Make your mistakes. If you I make a if you make a mistake that you that you see every day that you're visually confronted with in the mirror is like oh this fucking tattoo man that is a reminder that you're fallible. Yeah, that's profound. I never thought about that. You know, way, and I, I I always trust a ta badly tattooed person more than an untattooed person because I think they know better that their decisions are not always the best decisions. You know, so and they have a daily reminder of that visually, so. That's really interesting. You know, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't need to teach anybody anything about tattooing. I think it's a good school of life to get terrible tattoos. You know, but you know, I have terrible tattoos, so of course I would think that because I don't make mistakes. <laughs> so, what was one of the most challenging thing you had to face as a tattoo artist, and how do you, how you overcome that? What kind of challenge? I don't know. Any as an challenge. artist, uh, the the, being the a most father. challenging. Oh no, as an artist. Yeah, yeah. Being, yeah, I understand. Being, being a father, father while being an artist. That you know, was the most. Being challenging. any being anything else but uh, but an artist is really hard if you're trying to be an artist. <laughs> you know, being anything else at the same time. Being an artist is really not that hard once you earn money with it. It's fucking easy. We have such an easy life, dude. I'm still looking for for where's the catch, but I found it. The, the catch is that we really suck at being anything else. It's like, it's really hard. And I'm not, I don't want to whine about it. I don't want to be like, oh, it's so hard being an artist because it's fucking not. But it's hard to be a father. It's hard to be a good father because it's such a selfish endeavor. You know, being an artist is so incredibly selfish. And to stay a good artist, and lose your selfishness and not become this aloof like meditation-y character that tells everybody that they found fucking I don't know that they found some kind of god or something that's you know it's really hard to not go over the top with any of that kind of stuff it's really really hard I don't know I don't have a good answer it's um it's probably just a part of you know getting older and just getting better at everything that you do with with time but being an artist is really not that hard so you didn't have a big challenge but, yeah artist. like i said my biggest challenge is still to be a good dad and to be to be anything but an artist while you're like being a good artist the hardest thing about it is to not 
stop being a good artist to get better at other stuff. That's the hardest part about being an artist. And you know, you're not really connected to society. Nobody really understands what you're doing and nobody really gets it. So you don't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of friends because there's just not a lot of friction surface with like other people and I don't want there to be. And being friends with other artists is not a very close friendship because everybody's selfish, like I said, you know, so yeah, you, there's not a lot of close human relationship. Maybe, maybe that's a good one. And there's any challenge, major challenge as an artist you are facing now? Um, it's always the same. It's just staying relevant while you're busy with other stuff. I recently, um, you know, I'm going through a divorce right now. I, I don't see my kid a lot. You know, I don't see my dogs almost at all anymore. Uh, everything changed, you know, and, you know, staying, staying consistent in my art while I'm going through all these personal changes. Um, yeah, that's definitely challenging to not show that in my art. But honestly, you know, at the moment I, I feel pretty safe because I have a lot of stuff already established in my life, in my art. So I know what I'm doing, so I can coast a little bit on the, on the things that I've already achieved. I can autopilot a little bit. I don't have to reinvent myself artistically right now. I have to reinvent myself personally at the moment. So, so you I'm already know how to overcome. Yes, because I already have been at that, at that place a couple of times. Not as with this intensity ever. This is super intense for me and it changes me as a person profoundly. Um, but it's definitely not boring. <laughs> So that's good. Yeah, that's that's the the next question about getting bored. Do you ever get bored? Uh, you already answered uh, to this question before. Yeah. Do you ever get bored doing always biomech? Do sure. you do you do something else that maybe we don't see in your portfolio? No, not really. If I would do anything else, I would show that like instantly and I would probably repost it all the time because I do want to do other stuff I think I because I you know I'm I'm starting to forget how to draw because if you only do abstract things you know at some point you will lose your ability to draw th real things and um, no I totally want to I want to do like real things like dragons <laughs> Uh, no, I love tattooing flowers. I love tattooing na nature, like uh, and wildlife and, and scenery and all that kind of stuff. I love to tattoo and draw things that have faces and that have that that are real. I do draw them in the way that I draw them. So everything that I do, all my biomech always informs everything that I draw, and I think that's a good thing. That's just my handwriting. But. Uh, I do, I do miss, you know, drawing real things sometimes, for sure. Biomech is, has so few rules that I just, there's a hard, I have a hard time for that becoming boring for me, because when Biomech becomes boring, then I just turn it into something else. You know, I just turn it into whatever I want it to be, you know, it's just something new is gonna come along and I rewrite the rules all the time. It's like, you know, making spaghetti sauce, you know, if you find your own spaghetti sauce boring and just add something or let some leave something change it, you know, 
just change it. You can change whatever it is. And you know exactly what you like. You know, if it doesn't taste good, then you have to change something else. But you know exactly what you like. So you can change your own sauce and you'll probably always like it. It doesn't have to become boring. So that's an easy one. But learning how to... Learning how to make... I don't know... Dessert? Mm -hmm. You know? Or how to bake a cake? That's a completely different thing. And... Um, yeah, I'm, I don't want to forget how to, how to bake a cake too, you know, so every now and then I'm really happy to be able to bake a cake. That's cool. <laughs> I would like to taste one of your cake one day. That sounds really dirty there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I cut that off. <laughs> yeah. And what do you eat and what do you love the most of? What I read? No, about tattoo industry. What you love the most? And oh, what, what you I hate! hate what I hate! Oh my God! I don't. I don't like to hate too many things. I have anger problems. Well, well something that you don't like um, that you would like to change. Like, yeah, but all of these things are gonna make me sound like an old fart. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I don't. I just don't want to be that guy, you know. So I always, when I, whenever I don't like something, I always try myself out of not liking that thing and just ignore it. Just ignore it because I don't want to be angry. Uh-huh, okay. You know, I don't want to poison myself with... Okay, just what you love the most. So, like, what, I can tell you what I don't like. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't like that tattooing is becoming so popular that there's too many rules now. I don't like that even tattooers amongst tattooers, there are certain expectations now. Uh, it's like you have to look a certain way. <laughs> like, I don't look like a tattoo artist at all, and neither do you, you know? Uh, it's like we don't necessarily look like tattoo artists. We don't clothe like tattoo artists do. We don't behave like tattoo artists. And that's what I really don't like. There is a thing now that you have to look and behave a certain way when you're a tattoo artist. And I think that's fucking bullshit. I didn't, I get, in, I didn't get into tattooing because there are so many rules. I did get into tattooing because there are none. So that's what I liked about it because I don't like rules. I hate authority. And I don't like for anybody to tell me how to live my life. So that's definitely something that I don't like, but I can see that that is inevitable as whenever something becomes this big, you know, regulation is just something that is inevitable. Look at guns. Right now, this whole gun crisis, right? You can't have like everybody owning a gun without regulations. You can't everybody driving a car without everybody having to make a driving license. You know, you can't have that. You know, if there's only one guy with a car, that's no problem. He's going to drive around and people, you know, He's in the biggest danger, you know, not everybody else. So it has to do a bit. It's, it's ethics. Like, it's ethics, you know, but you have to teach people ethics and ethics are part of our regulation. Our, our ethics come from our law system and from our regulation system, from, from our religion. But what is religion anything if not regulation? You know, so I think regulation is important. I think I should just get over it. I just, you know, it, it was just different when I started and I don't, I just don't want to sound like that. I'd rather teach. I'd just rather be part of the change and just, you know, be part of the change and have at least a tiny little bit of control of where it's going. That's why I want to teach. That's why I want to keep myself relevant instead of becoming this grumpy old guy that is just angry and, you know, nobody listens to an angry person. So I just don't want to do that. What's the coolest? What's the best? What's, what do I love about tattooing? Well, fuck my freedom, you know, and the money. 
<laughs> Still, no, just kidding. It's the freedom is definitely there. I love the freedom. I love that I that I have my fate in my own hands. That I can I can decide how much I want to travel. I can decide how much money I need. I can decide how much money I make. I can decide everything about my life. And I meet a lot of interesting people. I meet people that I find interesting because they like my art. They find me interesting. So there's a really good chance of me finding them interesting. That's great. Where do you ever have that? You know, most people are always confronted with people that they don't like through their work. So I don't have that at all. It's just, I just have to keep appreciating that, I guess. Um, yeah. There's lots to love about tattooing, man. It's one of the best jobs in the world. That's why everybody wants to do it right now. Yeah, probably. You know, Even like it's a fucking not. endless list, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's enough things to hate, but you know, with something that I love, if you love something, you don't want to dwell on the things that you hate. You know, if I love my wife, if I love my girlfriend, if I love my daughter, I don't really want to have a magnifying glass on the things that I hate about that person. Because it's easy for hate to become the stronger emotion so that's, that's that, all of that sounds really sanctimonious because I don't say that I'm good at that you know because I have bad days but I know that that should be something that is definitely one of my mantras because I come from anger I'm a very angry person right I'm, I'm, I go to anger easily and um, I believe that people should work on themselves to make themselves better to to to, to make themselves better before they to, to not go into your grave with anger and, and regret. So I, I think that, you know, anger is one of the things that I have to keep in control over in my life. So that's definitely something that I always work on. I don't want to hate anything. That's cool. Inspirational and profound. Thank you. Cool. Uh, well, you're considered probably one of the one of the most successful tattoo artists in the world, I think. You think? Yeah, I think. Right. I think so. You started a, a new way of doing Biomax. You're inspirational to many people. People travel a lot to get your pieces. So yes, that's true. I'm pretty sure you're in the top list of the tattoo artists. Well, at least in the tattoo industry, everybody knows I don't know who if I you should are. Hear, I don't I know think. if I should hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good. I don't know what, you know, okay. So if that's true, I don't know what it's going to do to my character just knowing that. I just... Yeah, but my question is... Yeah, uh, please. Do you have, so, if, do you have some, let's call it, uh, success secrets? Something that uh, you would tell, okay, if you want to reach this point, you should do, or you could do something like this or that, or... Just don't be arrogant. Uh -huh. To me, secret to success has been, don't be arrogant. Do stuff that you don't like to do. You learn more when you do stuff that you don't like to do than when you do stuff that you like to do. You don't learn anything new from doing stuff that you already like to do. You already know everything about that. You know, so... And now you, you know, you do something that is hard, do something that is dangerous, do something that makes you uncomfortable. I think that you're, if you're vulnerable, you're also open and you learn more. 
Um, so that's definitely one of the things, like keep yourself vulnerable. Don't go into problems like too much, obviously, but you know, definitely um, go to go to these places that are a little bit uncomfortable and keep yourself uncomfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Um, and if you're already successful, it's really easy to get comfortable. And that's always the beginning of the end. Always, I think. If you want to grow, you need to stay uncomfortable. Um, that's probably the most important thing I can tell to anybody. Just stay uncomfortable. How do you connect with your network? They come to you, you go to them. I don't. Con I don't really. I don't really do that. I mean, uh, you're teaching. Uh, I mean, yeah, I seminars. Do, I do seminars. So yeah. You ask, but not like super successful. That they ask, are asked. Uh, yeah, I was asked, asked for that. I was asked. I was okay. asked because I, I like I like to hear myself talk, so I talk a lot. I'm not very social, but when I am social, I talk. You know, and then we have these talks like we are having now. Like somebody asks me a question, and I never stop talking. <laughs> right. So at some point, people ask me. I think you should do a seminar. I think you should be. You would be really good at it. And I was super afraid of doing that. Because I'm, you know, I have very, very high expectations of myself. And then at some point I pulled my head out of my ass and just started doing it because Jeff Goldway pushed me into it a little bit. He was like, so I'm, you know, you're coming for a guest spot. You should do a seminar here. I'm doing a seminar. You should, we should do a seminar together. And I was like, holy shit, that's a huge job because he's so good at it. He's like intimidatingly good at it. And he's very successful in it too. And especially at that point he was. And I was like, oh fuck, if I give a seminar with Jeff Gogway, that might be that might be a door into a completely different part of what I can do. Like that's not tattooing. That that would open a door into So I, I was like, oh there's a huge opportunity there. I'd be stupid not to take it. So I did it and I had a lot of fun. It was amazing. I had so much fun doing it. Um I think I'm pretty good at it. Um I have nothing but positive feedback so far and yeah I really enjoy it and I've been doing this for five years now and it's been really 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 like it's it's been it's been really rewarding but I'm not super successful at it my classes are small um, I you know I don't really do the kind of seminar that everybody jumps on where because everybody looks for the holy grail you know everybody asks like what kind of inks are you using what machines oh, are you yeah, using what needles so, are you using yeah. because everybody looks for the easy like they just want to have that taken care of you know it's like okay I need to make this as easy on me as possible so I have to have the best tools totally understandable but this is not the kind of stuff that I do I don't give technical seminars I'm doing the kind of stuff that we're doing right now. I just want to give people like a different perspective. I want to shine a different light on things, right? It looks Altera. I want to shine a different light on things. So I I want to give people a different perspective, you know, so they can see the, the whole picture better, so they have a better they have a, they have an easier time learning something. I think if you don't see the whole picture, or if you're too focused on one thing, you kind of miss the point sometimes and you misunderstanding it and then you're only reproducing something while you could be creating something. Um, and I think you can only create something if you understand it completely. So all I think I do, my, 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 my seminars are very philosophical. You know, it's more like a talk, an inspirational talk um, that I get paid for. Um, and I like doing that. I think that's, 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 
that to me makes way more sense than to teach somebody exactly how I do something because I don't think that's very helpful. That only helps them to copy exactly what I do and I don't want that. So, right, if they get there by themselves, then that tells me, okay, maybe I'm doing something right. But if they just copy me because I'm told them exactly how to do it, that doesn't give me anything. And in the end of the day, I want to give myself something, right? So, because I'm a selfish artist. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> every, every artist is a, is a bit selfish. And uh, apart from doing amazing art, there is, uh, do you think there is, uh, or well, do you have a key element to get customers apart from? Oh, you just have to be really good at what you're doing, but you also have to, not only that, you also have to be really good at selling yourself, you know? Like being really successful is never just one skill. Uh, being really successful at anything is always a, a mix, a set of skills. That's why not a lot of people are very successful. It just doesn't work that way. It's like you, Picasso. It was amazing marketing. Yes, himself. you have to be good at marketing yourself. That takes a certain level of arrogance. That takes a certain level of, uh, of you know, knowing yourself really well. It takes a certain level of also being humble. This is a fine line, you know. Um, you have to be good at talking about yourself. And I'm always trying to be good at that. I, 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 I want to be able to talk about myself, but I want to be able to talk about myself in a way that doesn't come off as aloof or arrogant. And that's a fine line, you know, because I know my abilities really, really well. And people who know their abilities really, really well is always perceived as somebody who is arrogant, you know. It's like, I'm a really confident guy. And, you know, if you're confident, you can be successful. If you're confident, it's really easy to be successful because people always follow confidence, right? Um, yeah. So that's, that's it. But if you're overconfident, if you're more confident than your ability allows, then people will laugh at you. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, like it's, when it's, I... it's hard to not fall on your face with that kind of advice. This is really bad advice to give to people. You know, confidence should... That should, is something that should come to you organically by being good at something. You, you don't get good at something by being confident. That's never happened. Yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure it happened also to you. To me, it happens regularly that you talk with some artists and you listen to them and you think, wow, this must be an amazing artist. And yeah. then you go on the internet and you look at the pictures <laughs> and you say what the fuck is it doesn't happen. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't happen so often but it happens every now and then but yeah that's definitely not direct like what i said earlier you know about staying uncomfortable because then you learn more i think if you get too confident you start forgetting things you start like your your quality goes down the quality of your work will go down because you you will start looking what you can get away with right that's and then you that's arrogance if you start looking what you can get away with to, to do to get more money with less work or something. I mean, that's natural, everybody does that. We need to be really careful with that, you know? So there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance. And, um, you know, I think a good way to, to stay online is um, on that edge, not fall off it, is to, you know, stay uncomfortable. You know, don't like your own stuff too much. You know, don't be, don't be too comfortable. 
you know where you are there is no such thing as you staying where you are you you always move in one direction you either move forward or you're moving backward like a pendulum you never stay still when you're staying still you're dead we could say your mantra is something like uh, be comfort learn to be comfortable in your uncomfortable in, so, in your discomfort yes yeah in your discomfort. um it's like a boxer you know when you stand still you know exactly what happens you, you always have to you always have to stay in motion so you stay fluid if you if you're not fluid you get punched it's really easy to punch a, a it's like Bruce target. Lee was yeah. saying always in motion being be, like the water be water yeah yeah uh, but you know i'm not bruce lee but it's definitely like i reached a point in my life where i feel like yeah whenever i get comfortable i get arrogant and whenever i get arrogant the quality of my work is going down and whenever the quality of my work is going down some there's a chance for somebody else to you know to replace me and i'm not ready for that i understand how do you manage uh, difficult clients i let them you know just... that they're difficult Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I make them uncomfortable. <laughs> Or I let them make themselves uncomfortable, you know. Um I really don't have difficult clients though. Because I think I make all my rules very very clear before I even meet them for the first time. Um so maybe you can understand way ahead when a yeah. person could be difficult yeah and then i can prepare for it too it's like normally you can already pick that up from an email and that's why i like doing email i don't acquire my this is a, this is a good one by the way if there's any advice that i'm giving you that you should take on or anybody should take on it's this don't talk to your clients that you have never met through messenger or anything that is instant like in person that's the worst that's why i don't like to work in an open street shop you just don't get interesting work that way and you don't meet people that you really want to meet that way that's only by chance that's by accident that you meet them if you have a closed studio then people have to ask you something they have to write you a letter by email you know because in in a message there's there's been a study that that showed that people that use messenger lie a lot more than people in an email because an email seems like an official like a letter that's that's like an official thing that that you take time to answer that you take time to read and then you consider your answer because you're not under expected to say something back right away you formulating a proper response So people are less likely to lie in an email. People are way more likely to be very very honest, to be nice and to be considerate and you know when you when you write them back they're also reading what you're what you're writing back a lot more considerately than in an instant messenger. So my best advice anyway you have to find people that you want to work with is to do all your interaction through e through email all your first encounters all by email that's why i live uh, that's why i work in a that's in a closed closed environment yeah, that's I because i thing. it's really hard to say no to somebody's face to me for for anybody you know you have to be quite an asshole to be to be to able to just say no i don't like you to somebody's face but it's really easy to tell somebody through an email that is 
you can formulate an email so it's really hard to misunderstand it. People read that stuff differently. Um, you write them a letter telling them that you don't think you are a good match and that you have to filter your clientele because you want to help people that are a good match, you know, and that it's better for that person to find a better matching artist. Who could argue with that? You know, um, but to tell somebody that kind of stuff to their face, you will always get a reaction that is negative. Always. Because... Yeah, I learned to manage that. Yeah. I mean, I can do that too, face to face, you know, but it's never... It's always super uncomfortable and it's never a, an encounter that, like, that always keeps me busy. Like, when I have an encounter with somebody like that, that keeps me busy for weeks, man. It keeps me awake at night because I always feel like, oh, did I hurt that person's feelings? Or do they do they not like me? Are they going to talk shit about me yeah, now? You know, all that kind of stuff. If you do that through an email, it's respectful. You know, so always, always everything through email, everything. And then I can give people all the all the information. I can copy and paste like a whole text that I wrote somebody else, you know, all the information. I can send them a PDF about how I work and how I charge money and, and everything. Email is great uh, and it's professional. It's just professional. That's and that way, advice. you know, and that way you, you also, <laughs> you don't get bothered on your days off <laughs> or when you're on vacation, you know, you can just have a disclaimer like I only answer my email once a week and then people can be ready for that. When you let your clientele approach you on messenger they expect an immediate answer too because that's how a messenger works so they already have like more expectation than you are expecting of yourself and then you already don't like that person even before you don't before you met them so i hate messenger for for professional interaction i don't do that at all same with sms and phone nobody gets my phone number you know, that's for people that I already met in person, my clients who already paid uh, a down payment, they get my phone number, they get my address. People don't get my address, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's, that's really important. Advice. That, that's, that's really important. For, if every tattoo artist would work like that, fuck me, man, then like people like not appreciating their tattoo would not even be an issue. Because that's when you put the client into a position where they have to do work for you in order to, to get to you. And that puts them in a, situa in a, in a position where, they, where you can have expectations on them. You know, you can expect them to be considerate, to be nice, to be patient, you know, all these things. And um, it, just, it just turns it into a better interaction you know it's probably the best advice I can oh, I, I, I can give to anybody and uh, <clears throat> this leads to leads us to uh, the last question what would you suggest to someone that want to get tattooed but he does he doesn't know anything about tattoo someone that is really a newbie someone that wants a tattoo but he or she doesn't know anything. What would you suggest to them? Be patient. <laughs> don't get tattooed yet. Just be patient. Don't get tattooed at this point. And just 
you know, do your research, you know, just doing research is easy nowadays. There's the internet, you don't have to even leave your house. But if you want to be respectful, you know, if you really want to get a tattoo, but you don't know anything about tattoos, make sure you're not getting tattooed by your neighbor. <laughs> you know, make sure you're not, make sure you put a little bit of energy into your tattoo and do your research and find out what you like. If you don't know what you like, if you don't know what you should get tattooed, you're not ready for it, it's super easy. But if you know what you want to get tattooed and who you want to, want to, who you want to get tattooed by, just do it, just go ahead, just do it. Get tattooed, spend that money, get that tattoo, get it in the place that you want it um, and trust your artist. If you did your research well, that's the best advice that I can give because you you learn the most by putting yourself in, in this uncomfortable position, you know? Be, be uncomfortable. And if you get a shitty tattoo out of that, well, that's bad luck, <laughs> you know? But normally, normally, like, a pretty sure thing to, to say to somebody is, like, you know, cheap tattoos are not good and good tattoos are not cheap. That just is something that just keeps being true. Um, but it's not, it's not the, all the truth out there. But definitely go... Find an artist who has, who makes you wait, you know, find an artist who's not like available right away, you know, write them an email and go to an artist that you would really want to get something from. Travel if you have to, travel, spend all the money, uh, um, take all the time, be patient, mull it over, you know, but you know, in the end of the day, trust your artist, trust your artist to make a good decision for you because you apparently have never made that decision before so you can't be good at it tattoo artists make these kinds of decisions every day trust your artist you know shut up and just you know get in a chair get tattooed cool well thank you very much thanks to marcus for your time your inspirational and profound uh, message thank you man and see you next time yeah Totally. Let's get, let's get tattooed. Thank you.